Welcome to the Don Pravda and Erica Gray Show, The Twist. Welcome to The Twist News. This is Erica Gray. And good afternoon. This is Don Pravda speaking, and welcome. And today we're going to talk about the U.S. elections. I'm going to tell you something that has a little twist from the news. Approximately 48 Democratic senators, 48 Republican senators have won their election. There's a few undecided, perhaps, for another news service as many as six. However, what do I see? I see a beauty to all of this. I see liberty. Based upon my pertinent knowledge and information, I have concluded that nobody has been murdered since last night. Nobody has been assassinated in American politics. Of course, there's many people who are rather depressed because they've fundraised approximately 10 or $20 billion uh, over the last two years in elections. But I have not heard about election fraud or ballot stuffing, and nobody has been imprisoned or murdered, unlike the countries from the Eastern Europe of my ancestry. So let's give a hooray to America. Let's smile and be cheerful. Democracy is served. Yes, it definitely is, Don. And what do you think of the results? Do you think this is going to make any real change in U.S. policy, especially on the world stage? We're, we're tending to upset some people right now. We've got the Europeans upset because of Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. Yes, and that's a uh, big plus for the president that he passed a major bill, and this has changed the atmosphere for him a little bit. But he has his fans, he has his detractors, and right now uh, world leaders, state departments from around the globe are assessing the value of these changes. And right now, I would say it's about a draw. Uh, Europe is miffed. I mean miffed. Okay. Because not only does this act tread on some of their industries, well, what's in the act and how it favors American companies, but they're also miffed because the U.S. right now is gouging Europe when it comes to gas prices. Our LNG gas is, we're, we're getting unbelievable amounts of money for it. And what I can't figure out, Don, is how come we say that these are our allies, but yet we're gouging them in gas prices when we know they're just as affected by this war as we are? Why do we do that in policy? Why do we like have friends and then we do something well, so terribly obvious that's unethical? Well, that is part of the capitalist system. That is the value of of this particular system and way of life. It can be said maybe there's some negativity. Maybe there's, in fact, some corruption in this system. But this is what our nation has chosen. But it's choosing, a. first of all, it's a very greedy path to gouge your friends like that. But it's also dumb because, of course, Europe is going to retaliate. And that's what they're talking about. Bruno Le Maire is talking about possibly the World Trade Organization taking the U.S. to, to court on this. And then you have Europe that will come out with retaliatory measures. And by the way, you know that Guy Verhofstadt 
tweeted on his Twitter account that Elon Musk is going to be dragged into the European Union Parliament because they want him to answer some questions because Europe is punching up to its weight. They want Musk to know that the, the Twitter he is now heading better conform to their rules. What do you think of that? Well, I would say this. Mr. Musk has some very high-priced lawyers. He's going to be using them. And, okay, let him spend a billion or so. And likewise, these world leaders, if they want to sue America, bring them into international court, uh, they're going to put their attorneys in business for years. Because True. got a very good point there. Very good point. And Elon Musk, I, I, I think it would be kind of interesting. It was interesting when they brought Mark Zuckerberg and he had to answer questions. He actually had this very robotic look. But I would mm -hmm. be, I would find it entertaining, actually, to watch Elon Musk before the EU parliament and how he would answer the EU parliament. But apparently they have sent him a letter letting him know that they're calling him to this hearing. So I guess what I'm pointing out, Don, with the U.S. elections is you've got a Europe now that's punching up to its weight. We're making really dumb decisions because these are our allies. And so I'm asking you, do you think that the election changes anything when it comes to U.S. foreign policy or these, some of these decisions? Or do you think it's just going to be business as usual? I think generally it's going to be business as usual. There may be some different investments with U.S. money from the Senate and the House, different ideas, but generally speaking, I believe it remains the same. I agree with you. I agree with you. And on a side note, now this doesn't have to do with the elections, but it has to do with China to show you where China's allegiance is. This really cements it. But Charles Michel who is the European Union Council president, went to, to a trade group in China, and they actually censored him because they didn't like what he was saying about the Ukraine-Russia war because Russia is an ally of China. I mean, what do you think of that? That, that to me, was so shocking. Well, Russia is an ally of China. But that they would censor a European Union president? No. One, one of the, well, it's not the main presidency, but it's the second leading presidency in Europe. And they would censor him because they didn't like what he was saying about Russia. I mean, China censored him. That's a different system. Uh, nevertheless, it is a dictatorship. And those are the powers that be. In fact, uh, maybe they should feel lucky that they haven't been arrested, gone to prison, executed. That's some good news. That would be pretty wild. That would be uh, that would have been very, wild. Very Charles strange. Michel uh, ending up. I can see his face behind the uh, bars there. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought. And of course, now you're going to take the stage here on Israel's elections, another major election which is going to actually have more impact than the U.S. elections. I believe the Israel elections are now going to, or what the outcome is now going to impact Israel in a very positive way. What's your thoughts? Well, absolutely. Of course, 50%, a little more or a little less, are jumping up and down, and they're cheering and they're toasting, and they're, they have prayed for Mr. Netanyahu to return. So Israel's government is now much more right-wing then the left wing, which was dominated by, of course, Mr. Lapid, Ayelet Shaked, and others. 
So it's a triumph, and it's a triumph for policy in Israel, and a triumph, in fact, for the Haredim, the Orthodox community, which uh, Mr. Netanyahu generally caters to and understands its value, importance, customs, laws, traditions, and that's where Netanyahu gets it, and many do not. So it's a triumph now for Likud. Well, what I think is very positive for Israel is the fact that Lapid had come out at the UN and he was in favor of the two-state solution. And the two-state solution, let's, let's give that a little bit of time. That's, that's like done. Like it's not worked. It's 40 years old. It doesn't make any sense anymore. As by him advocating for the two-state it was really to the detriment of Israel. It's time to look at a one-state solution and really look at that seriously and not a two-state solution. And, and because Lapid was for that, I didn't feel that that was in Israel's best interest because it's just going to keep continuing this, this issue that never gets resolved. I mean, if something doesn't work after 40 years, you've got to move on to something else. So what's your opinion on that? <laughs> Well, the Netanyahu feeling is that peace talks can be a tactic for terror. Nothing is working. It's just a series of meetings and cups of coffee and champagne and dinners going nowhere. So now we have a, a new government in Israel. We hope there'll be some kind of settlement. And we, we do believe in a one-state solution, not two. And that's unlike the leftists. Yes, and we're going to be talking more about that. So you guys need to stay tuned in because we're going to be really looking at that and examining it and bringing in different writers on the one-state solution because this seems to be the way of the future of Israel yes. and not a two-state solution. And again, I have an understanding of the conflict, and of course I know that you do, but after 40-something years, if it's not working, I mean, enough is enough. It's a different time. Israel's in a different time. Any more you want to say on that? Well, it's a new, it's a different chapter. We'll call it, in fact, a new chapter in history of the democracy of Israel, the only true democracy in the Middle East, and they should be commended on that. And so let us pursue these new ideas, we have a different administration in Israel, give them a chance. Yes. And on a final note, why don't you tell us, Don, just briefly, uh, you're heading the House of Aaron. Why don't you talk about that, this new group? Well, it's actually not new, but that you've started. And well, actually, you're continuing because you've been a part of it. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm saying all the wrong things. So I'm going to let you talk about just briefly your House of Aaron. I have inherited a small group through a family, an ancestry. And our group, House of Aaron, focuses on those of the ancestry, the Levites, and the Kohanim. It's sort of a combination of uh, Moses and Aaron and its traditions. And we are talking about the future of Israel, and we're going to have legitimate conversations about the Third Temple, the future of East Jerusalem, and we will discuss relative issues about East Jerusalem, the Wailing Wall area, and the 
the mount of the third temple. So there's a lot to talk about, and I hope to conjoin those of my ancestry together and have a little a legitimate pr platform for discussion. And this will bring the Levitical priests, those who are Levites, yes, in one group together from all around the world. We're, we're going to. I'm not going to say we're going to have um, tens of thousands, but we're going to have a formidable amount of people. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a positive step. Yes, very, very positive. I find it very interesting that you will be heading that, and I'm sure. Again, that's going to lend to even your providing some really great insights on this channel as some of these issues, of course, the right. political issues are going to pertain. So I think have we wrapped up everything? Is there anything yes, else we, we need to discuss? Well, we have a rabbi in place, the House of Aaron, mm -hmm. and I wish to say shalom, shalom, shalom. And if you don't subscribe to the Twist News, please subscribe to our channel today for more uh, interesting conversations right. on world affairs and on keeping the nation of Israel front and center in this multipolar world. We're going to have discussions here in areas that the media is not covering, behind the scenes stuff, and I think you will enjoy it. Anyway, Till next time, folks. God bless. Tune in next time for more from Don Provder and Erica Gray for their twist on world news.